Hey everybody, this is Sean. Hey, this is Kevin. And we have another episode of Shop I Shot with you. A big, thick, two-hour descent into comic dumb with somebody who is maybe one of the most friendly, cordial comic creators I know. Kevin, who do we have to talk to? Our buddy Jorge Corona. Jorge Corona came from Venezuela and has delighted us all with his laugh. If if I had an alarm of Jorge's laugh, I would wake up smiling every day. But besides that, he is a hyper-talented cartoonist who has worked on Middle West, the me you know in the dark, and currently the covers of Batgirls, and many more. Like, he's been around for a while, and everything he does is just delightful. Yeah, super nice guy who I did not know until we did this podcast, and now like I just can't wait to hang out with him. If, you, if you're in the dumps, listen to this podcast because you will feel better. But yeah, and, and also super awesome. He's doing the covers to Plush, which is our new uh, crazy serial killer series from Doug Wagner and Daniel Hilliard, the third in the Material Trilogy. And Jorge's doing some really killer kick-ass covers. Really glad that we were able to get him on the show too. Well, well Kevin, we should pause for a second. Because I do have to say, like, I took for fucking ever to edit this. And it was deserved. This is a very chatty, loquacious bubbling podcast but plush is a huge deal for 12 gauge the studio that you run that produces amazing comics more so because it's the culmination of years of work from a specific creative team so i kind of want to ask you a little bit about plush because i read the first issue and dear god it's great (laughs) yeah it's uh look i mean uh, i'm i'm a lucky dude help put Doug and Daniel together. And this is Doug Wagner and Daniel Hilliard. Yes, years ago. And uh, they came to me after they had worked on a few few books together and wanted to do this crazy thing called Plastic, which uh, and I may have talked about it on the show at one point or another, but I, I'm a guy that really tries to trust them creators and, and let them do their work. Uh, but I have to buy in on it, right? Like if I don't, don't believe in it, it's, I, I, you know, I don't want to do it. And I was terrified of plastic. I mean, the pitch was, it's a serial killer, black comedy, action movie about a uh, you know retired serial killer in love with a sex doll. And the pitch was amazing, but I was afraid that there would be like six people that would actually buy it. But I, I, I believed in those guys. We published it. it. Turned out to be our most popular book we'd ever done. Followed that up with, with vinyl that came out last, uh, a little over a year ago. And now the, the end of the culmination of this, what we call the Material Trilogy in Plush, which is furry serial killers. <laughs> or serial killing furries? I don't know how the best way to uh, to market that. But, uh, I, I mean, <laughs> I, I can guess where the plot's going, and I can say that serial killer is reductive. They do have a modus operandi. But the thing I love about these is just like there's this Venn diagram of pitch black humor, visceral, visceral violence. That's also equal parts terrifying and hilarious and then doug also just goes through the heart like his characters are incredibly empathetic yeah i mean that's what makes you know there's people that do stuff that is shocking for shock value and doug uses that kind of stuff as an excuse to get you to read about all these really quirky interesting um sad often sad people they are yeah and they they hit a chord it's sort of like special effects in a movie. If you know, we see so many great special effects, but you just don't care because nobody cares about the characters. And but then the one that comes along, where you where you actually deliver the whole package, and and Doug gets that 
and and Daniel brings it to life. They're, they're a great collaborative team. And uh, you, know, you you were, uh, when we started talking about variant cover artists, uh, this was kind of a fun thing too, because we went out to a handful of people hoping that we'd get, uh, get those you know those artists of uh, at least one of them and i think we ended up with three artists that uh, that raised their hand immediately upon but you you brought jorge in i i, I didn't know him and, and you had worked with him and, and uh, uh his covers are so fun and then so we did this podcast uh because of that and and man what a what a wonderful treat to to get to spend a couple of hours with jorge yeah he's so animated and so cartoonish but at the core of that is such humanity the way these individuals and these characters interact with each other, like they're so vibrant and it's so interesting going from each of his comics. And then we talk about the me you love in the dark, which is kind of like a play in one house of a woman grappling with her own darkness. And like to see Jorge just describe somebody just interacting with a house as a character, it's really interesting to get his perspective and his take and how he frames that. So, so definitely inspired, magnificent storyteller. And I love talking to him and as well as our descent into Venezuelan food because we're drinking alcohol, or at least you are. Jorge yeah, is. I occasionally do, and Brian does not, but he might as well be. Yeah, there's a lot of fun to be had here. Well, then let's uh, cut right to it and get into the podcast. All right. Here's Jorge Corona. Doing good. Doing good. Uh, not kickboxing, but otherwise okay. <laughs> but your comics do kick ass. Well, it's the only way I can. It's, it's probably physically the only way I can. Yeah. yeah. I feel it. So Jorge, man, like you've been kind of like skipping around different companies, but more obvious to me, different genres. Like I adored how you went from kind of the eighties whimsicality fantasy of Middle West to the me you love in the dark and now you're doing superheroes how's it been feeling uh it's been good man i like i like kind of like jumping around and being on my toes that that way it's always a challenge and yeah now we're switching gears again so we'll see what comes out now one of the things that um that i admire about your your style is it is very flexible you know it's it's, oh. it's not such a fixed kind of position where you're locked into only doing one type of work uh, your your style has a, a great flexibility that kind of allows you to jump around a lot. You know, you can you can do stuff that's uh, that's very superhero, but you can also do stuff that's way on the other side of the ocean, kind of anime style. And uh, and even uh, the thing that really surprised me was um, the the me that you love uh, in the dark. Your style actually kind of gets dark you know um and starts yeah. to step into horror a little bit which uh which is really kind of cool yeah thank you i mean yeah that that means a lot yeah no it's i i really do like i do like that i do like trying to figure out how to use what i know how to do and then just just bend it a little bit to to tell a different story and to set a different mood um the me love in the dark definitely was I think like a lot of exploration into like different inking techniques and how to approach storytelling yeah. in a way that that it was going to be more thriller but like like almost like slow pace which is weird in a comic book it's like a slow pace thriller where like nothing is like too shocking until like you know the climax of the story which is like issue five or whatever but it was like how do you keep people entertained with just one character and a shadow figure 
and one in setting. And I was like, oh my God, this is gonna so that's that's kind of what what inspired, you know, it's like, okay, so I definitely need to look at what else do I have in my visual language to play with that I haven't before. Yeah. Well the, the yeah. thing that really, really blew me away is um is like that is like the blackest comic that I think you've ever done. <laughs> I mean yep. it's yeah. Like, for you sure. Really like I normally think of your stuff as as kind of a linear style, uh, mm-hmm. coming almost um, a Peter Chung kind of Eric Canetti direction where it's a lot more yeah, linear. For sure. It's really black, and uh, and not only is it really black with just you blacking out a lot of the architecture and everything. There's a sense of composition I don't see in some of your uh, your other stuff. Using that black as a compositional element and then experimenting inking wise with how you get yourself out of that black i thought was really kind of cool oh that's awesome that's awesome to hear the thing there obviously i mean the 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 topic of the the story itself was already like scotty scotty young who wrote the book when we were talking about it and and the the first kind of like few ideas of how to approach this graphically came about and <laughs> i remember like just cursing scotty because it was like no 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 it's like a shadow of a man that you barely see in the darkness, but like no distinct kind of like feature in it. And I was like, so you're asking me to draw a non-visible shadow dude in the middle of a dark room. Like, I was like, how the hell am I going to do that? And then, I mean, that was the cool thing. It was just like the cool and the kind of like weird part of it all. It was that the production of this happened during uh, 2020. So yeah. it was, it was everything kind of like got delayed and that allowed me to get my hands dirty in, in trying new things. So like, it's definitely the, the book that I've used different inking supplies that I've ever, yeah. ever done. Like I was, I was, I mean, I've, I've been using like splatter and, and some China marker here and there for middle West. But then for this one, it was like sponges. It was like just oh, dude, rubbing you got my... dirty as hell, man. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I was rubbing my finger against almost every spot black. I was just like fading that out with just like whatever I could, and and I wanted that texture. I wanted that texture to kind of come across and define those shapes that were already in shadow. So it was it was actually pretty fun fun to do, and and I got a lot of things that now I apply in even more of my linear stuff like i became obsessed with the china marker almost to my detriment because it's now like a next next step that i have to <laughs> that i do at the end and it's like why did i start doing this yeah. so something else i noticed in, in that book which i thought was really cool the way that you would frame your panels particularly in the beginning of the story you mm-hmm. would frame your panels the best way i can describe it is it, it it felt like you were framing it just to the left or just to the right of the perfect framing to where things always seemed a little slightly off balance, you know, sort of with the uh, with the character. Um, I mean, sometimes cropping into the character's face and uh, and and just showing things, just either moving the camera way too close or moving the camera way too much to one side or the uh, or the other, and it it just really created this kind of sense of of uneasiness. And and I felt myself tilting the comic to kind of go. <laughs> it seems a little weird here (laughs) yeah no well that was that was the thing so so again just because it it was basically a a a one-person play 
the whole book for the most part part of the the tension that was going to be built in through the, the the book was uh the way i saw it was that sense of being watched that uh voyeuristic kind of like ah, okay feeling yeah. yeah feeling that so that's why like i wanted to make pretty compositions but i didn't want the compositions to feel uh harmonious or or yeah or like, okay, like, like this flow. yeah yes exactly i wanted i wanted the tension to be in the way you were looking at our character our row our character uh in these vignettes because i wanted almost to blend the the idea of where i as the 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 artist was was placing the camera or you know the entity the the, the ghost or whatever the uh was looking at our character and that's where you get those kind of off off balance uh compositions and another thing that really helped me out i was able to do this because again it was like the whole book was going to happen in just one uh location yeah i managed so i taught so uh, a good friend of mine who also worked in, co in comics here in denver uh dave stoll um he does uh 3d props for artists and I was like, okay, I I need this house to be as consistent as possible because this house is gonna be our our scenario. Like our this house needs to 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 keep that um that consistency that you know, like I don't want to mess around too much with the proportions suddenly being off. I don't I want the I want the person to like the reader to feel like this is a real house. So oh, uh, because because again because things kind of like got delayed, we had the time to sit down and I would send him like floor plans and this is the kind of wall, this is the kind of thing. So he built this whole house on a 3D model in SketchUp. And I mean, obviously like my work got, my work got uh, infinite easier because then I was just placing cameras in, in angles and in, in, in oh, positions. Man. And it was, it was the first time that I used SketchUp to this level. Like I've used it here and there where I had like very specific, like, you know, like either vehicles or something that I needed a little bit of help with, with, with a 3d model, but I, I, I barely knew, knew how to use it. So like, I really learned how to kind of like play with the camera, play with everything on, on SketchUp for this project. Well, dude, and, this, this is a director's pro approach to comics. Yeah, no, an I, I, and then comics. yeah, and, I, and that's that's kind of what I wanted. I wanted I wanted to place cameras where where I knew like you would get it. It would feel real. Like the space needed to feel real. And like you said, more more uh, like my stuff usually is more. Um, either abstract i was coming from middle west where everything was kind of like you know distorted bent uh kind of like stylized in a way that there were almost no straight lines and for this one i wanted the scenery to be very rigid to be very real because again i with a book like this one that you're you're playing with people's emotion and people's like sense of suspense you don't want things to take them away from those moments yeah, and yeah. And and then, I mean going back to the to the inking and doing different stuff with like how to frame with with like you said like black placement shadows, all these things. The the fact that I didn't have to worry too much about like the construction of the background allowed me to then it's like okay so I'm going all in into what is going to be the framing the framing element here what is going to be the major shape. Okay, so, so it was so you're not yeah. so you're you're not so precious about making sure your background art <laughs> sort of is kept, you know. 
yeah exactly i don't need to be i don't need to like wreck my brain about like is this the right like perspective for this it's like it's a camera in a real place that it's a real model oh, so like dude. all i need to all i need to do now is like okay so how do i how do i make this shot even more tense with light and and, and darkness yeah well, well some, yeah. something else you were saying kind of reminds me um Obstensively, you're working with one character for five issues. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like one character and a being that's half cloaked in darkness. So yeah, it seems like you can kind of use up your juice pretty early in the telling. But um, but one of the things that I remembered um, talking with a film student uh, mm -hmm. about like Twelve Angry Men, the um the yes uh, Fonda movie, and how. Mm -hmm what the director decided to do because it was all in one room mm -hmm. to basically kind of kind of decide okay the water cooler is a set you know <laughs> sort of the end of the jury table is a set the window yeah. with the city outside is a set so even though it was one room he treated the areas of that room like it was multiple scenes and that way it felt like you're moving from one scene to the next. And now yeah. that I think back on the way that you kind of divided up the architecture, I remember, okay, there was the stairs, there was, you know, sort of the studio, there was, you know, sort of the, uh, the living room with the couch and uh, yeah. you were really consistent about that architecture. So, um, so I, I think you might've achieved that same, thing even though it was one house that one house was broken into multiple sets yeah no and again like that house like again that that model had rooms that we ended up never using for oh, wow. for, for the script because i i i kind of like went along and designed that whole house and i was like okay like you know uh this is gonna be her bedroom and her bedroom shows up maybe twice but that that was a whole thing the bathroom was like i knew there was gonna be like one or two like one scene there and like that bathroom was wholly designed and it, i think it shows up for like two pages so like again like it was a complete a complete house that Again, just because the circumstances was, were right, I got the time to work with Dave, you know, go into like, hey, no, this is this is what, you know, the bookshelves are going to look like. This is what the yeah, doors are yeah. going to look like. Like, so, and yeah, and then separating, separating and making sure that every, every room felt distinct enough. But that yeah. was kind of like the consistency that I was telling. It's like, if I, if I, if I try to just draw that, you know, without necessarily a model, like, yeah, there's going to be consistency in the sense, like, I'm, I know what elements I'm going to use or whatever, but I feel like I was risking people blending rooms together or blending areas together that, you know, shouldn't. Yeah. 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 So, so again, it was great experience to work on that book because it allowed me to play around with stuff that I've never done before. Yeah. And it, and it's really cool because there, there are times and, and, and I hate it when it happens when your storytelling bumps up against either your ability to draw yes, you know, or your laziness mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, to, to where you're like, well, the storytelling is saying that I have to do this shot. And yep. to a certain extent, it, it, it's almost like a budget in a movie where you're like, oh man, I don't have, I don't have the budget to draw that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Yep. Yep. <laughs> because no, you realize, that's absolutely right. You know, it's it's it might take you a couple of days to draw this one scene, and uh, and I think you know sort of what you're talking about using um, SketchUp and uh, and 3D, yeah. and and I noticed that you get into um, digital stuff as uh, as well. That those those things kind of reduce your uh, budget 
on a comic book where it's just like okay yeah. now that i have sketchup doing all of these scenes would have taken me weeks because <laughs> of now yes, exactly doing all these scenes um i can i can produce it a lot faster so now it, it you don't really kind of bump up against your um sort of artistic limit or anything like yeah that. no exactly and 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 the thing is like again you can't obviously like you can't do this with every project because like not every yeah. project is going to have the the situation where like you're literally not leaving one place for the whole run if you're doing a series where like you're jumping around in locations and stuff like that it makes no sense to do this and, and just have yeah. a whole house to the minor oh, to yeah. the, the minimum <laughs> detail designed for two pages it's like it's like what the hell are you doing there but oh, yeah. uh yeah. but and, uh but yeah I mean, no, that was and, the cool thing yeah, and particularly with uh, with with your style, there there are sometimes you know sort of number one with a bullet. Where yes, exactly. The way that you're handling that is uh, is very layered with the storytelling and your hopping scenes. But what you're doing is feels weird saying this. That story is more about the characters than it is about the environment. So you're exactly a lot more abstract with the environments in that. Story. Yeah. And I mean, I'm glad that you're comparing those two because number one with a bullet would be the book that I would say was the closest up until that point that I was that I got to doing like a like that kind of thriller where like this the suspense was driving the story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But again, because it was such a different project where where the where the the kind of like the entity was just technology. Uh, for the most part, like how how messed up technology can get to to ruin your life and stuff like that, uh, the whole approach to telling that story was different. And you know, I was working with with uh, Ray Hickman and who who was in, in charge of colors and in, in number one with a bullet. They just they just managed the whole book with color palettes. Like that yeah. was that was the thing. It wasn't about uh, it wasn't about anything else but to create emotion emotions with those those palettes more than trying to accurately portray reality so it, it, it was it was it was fun to also like again it's fun to jump that's why i like that's what i like about jumping around in styles and and genres and stuff like that is because then your brain kind of like needs to figure out it's different puzzles to figure out and you know you you come together with with, with a team that that uh, helps you out help helps you break out of those boxes that you maybe had you know preset for yourself because uh we we talked with uh with scotty uh a little while back one of the things that i thought was really interesting about about middle west is that is such a personal story for uh um, yeah for, for scotty and yeah. uh and i think one of the things that's interesting is i almost think it's it was too personal for him to illustrate oh yeah <laughs> you know? so so what i thought was interesting is is by bringing you on even though your stuff doesn't look like Scotty's stuff, you know, I can describe it as your instrument makes a similar sound. <laughs> yeah, of, no, that's um, fair. That's um, completely fair. Yeah, and uh, and and I thought that was really kind of kind of cool because I think your explore exploration of that world is is um, to a certain extent um, very different than what Scotty did, and a lot more open you know i think i think the way that you would handle these giant vistas and these huge scenes was just absolutely incredible oh thank you yeah no that project that project really really kind of was a, a new starting point for me 
career-wise in terms of how to approach the books that I was doing. That was kind of like the first, not the first one, but it was far enough. And by far enough, I mean, maybe like five to six. I can't remember that. When did that book started happening? Maybe seven sentence. Yeah. Five, six years into my career that I wasn't so, you know, still trying to figure out, you know, what works or what's what this book should look like. Uh-huh. more than what can I bring to this book. And the funny thing that, that, that what you're saying about, you know, the the, the, the instrument making the, a similar sound, the funny thing when I started working on Middle West with Scotty, it was that I had been a long time fan of Scotty. And I, I, I remember like we had conversations about like, oh no, yeah, I remember like when you were starting with like your Marvel stuff. And then, you know, that jump once you started doing uh, Wizard of Oz books and I was like oh man everything like just your line work like everything was so expressive oh, yeah, yeah I was intimidated in the sense that I didn't want to do I didn't want that feeling I didn't want like what you just said I didn't want someone to say like oh this is someone who's trying to be Scotty right now because I, I mean that wasn't that wasn't just gonna work like then you're just a copy and then what's the point but yeah, exactly. I did have yeah exactly so then but I did have Scotty you know as a collaborator it was amazing to get all his insight of like, okay, ah. so this is what I'm thinking. Like, you know, like he thinks, I mean, he's an artist. So like, he thinks like an artist, he knows kind of like the same, the same problems and, and, and solutions that you can might, you might come across when you're starting a new book. And I really wanted Middle West to look different from what I was doing in trying to figure out how to approach the book and how to approach the, 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 the visual language of the book. One of the things that I was looking into a lot, or one of the artists that I was looking into a lot was uh, Ashley, uh, Ashley Wood. And his, oh and yeah! His oh work. man! So like, I love that stretchiness of it. I and and I love that kind of like raw texture that he achieves when he's doing just like ink work. And I'm talking to Scotty and I'm telling him this is this is what I've been looking at and and I want to see how I can adapt that to my shape language. I want to see how I can adapt that that ink work to to my uh, work. And and then he laughs and he tells me it's like, oh man, that's insane. When I like when I was doing uh, Wizard of Oz, that's who I was also looking at. But like obviously, like Scotty is way more organic in his lines, so yeah. his lines are not gonna look the same as my lines. But we were both looking at the same artist in terms of like oh, I love I love how like that texture comes across in that in that expression of, of of art. So like it was it was really funny, and that's why it made me laugh that you said that the that the, the instrument sounds different because yeah, even the inspiration came out differently. Uh, even though we were, yeah, we were looking at basically at the same at the same places. Oh, dude, um, that's, that's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of like the weird stuff that that happens. And working on Middle West, and why I say that it was like a, a new starting point, it was that because I had the freedom to kind of like try something new out, and had a little bit of that, you know, not a little bit, but I had the backup of like, okay, it's like since I'm working with Scotty, I trust his you know, his view on this thing. So he will tell me if this is working or not. And he, you know, it's an insight that, that, that is appreciated. It kind of free me in a way, in the way I was doing inks, because if you see if any, as at, at everything that I was doing before that, I was still trying to achieve like almost like a clean line because I thought yeah, yeah. that's, that's what you need to do. Like even here and there, you could see, like I was trying to do some text visual texture, but like for the most part, I was like trying to pull a clean line, trying to pull like a nice silhouette. And after Middle West, I was like, I have so much fun and you can feel so much energy from my work when I'm just trying to 
be more expressive with my line work than trying to be more perfect with my line work. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was it was a revelation <laughs> that like to this day I'm like, oh thank God, because I I enjoy inking a thousand times more than I did before. Yeah, well I mean even even in the uh, in the evolution um that you go through throughout the course of uh of, of Middle West, I, I noticed that in, in the beginning, uh even when you would do like abstract stuff and uh it was it was carefully constructed abstractions <laughs> you know yeah but, um but by the time you got like a, a little deeper into it you just throw an ink at the page <laughs> you know <and> just, just <laughs> yeah letting stuff kind of kind of happen you know which which to me is is kind of like the way that i paint is very different than the way that i that i ink and i think um, yeah there's a there's a style of painting where you're not actually controlling it but you're collaborating yeah. with the medium. And I think um, yeah. I think the evolution that you kind of went through is going from controlling the medium to collaborating with the medium to react oh, yeah. to what the medium does and having the medium have a say in your style <laughs> to a certain yeah. extent. Yeah, no, that, I mean, yeah, I, uh, again, that's a beautiful way of, <laughs> of putting it. So I will, I will take that from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool thing is, is uh, again, your cartooning in uh, in Middle West is really aggressive. I mean, um, you you said shape language earlier, uh, and, yeah. and you're you're really pushing the uh, the definition of shape language, and uh, and and I think to a certain extent. When I when I look at the stuff, you're you're not drawing like a comic book artist at all. You're you're approaching this <laughs> like an animator. Yeah, well, that's a, that's where a lot of my influences come from. Um, I was I was a fan of animation even before I knew what a comic was. And, oh wow! And kind of yeah, oh yeah, no, for sure. Because well, so I I was uh, so I was born in Venezuela, so we didn't have too much of a like a, a comic book culture over there especially like what i would consider comics were like the comic strips of a, of a newspaper and like the closest thing to like a superhero comic was the phantom or you know so like oh, that wow. was my yeah so that was my experience with comics maybe until i was i don't know maybe 11 10 something like that i've never so i i can't remember very well where it was but i was a fan of uh, Batman the animated series. I had a uh, I I was always a fan of Batman because of like the old cartoons, the Super Friends cartoons, like the movies, oh, all that things. So Batman the animated series came out, blew my freaking mind. I was like, this is just gorgeous. And it's like and villains like, you know, if a villain hadn't shown up in in any of the in the Adam West show or in a movie, I had no idea who it was. So, <laughs> so like when 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 Batman the Animated Series comes out and I've seen like things like Two Face and Man Bat and all these things, and I was like, this cartoon is just wild. Like, where are all wow. these things coming from? I That's had no awesome, freaking dude. idea. Yeah, it was a whole it was a whole awakening for me. I want to see Man Bat in like the '66 Adam West. <laughs> right, that would be freaking, It's just like a like a a teen wolf uh, it's like a teen <laughs> wolf with wings is what's right. gonna show up there <laughs> but yeah no i had i had i had no idea mr freeze like i don't know there was a lot of like stuff that i was discovering with the show and i went on a on a family trip and i can't remember if it was in miami or if it was to aruba which you know it, it was close enough to venezuela that you know we we, we tend to go few, like every other year or something and 
uh, I have family here in the state. I had family and I still have family here in the States uh, who we came to visit. And I was at a grocery store and I'm looking at the groceries like on the on magazine racks and stuff like that because I've always loved to draw. And I was drawing from what I was seeing in animation, which, you know, always, like, especially as a kid, it's like, I can, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't translate the same way. Yeah, yeah. And it, and yeah. it doesn't wait for you to draw it. <laughs> you know? Exactly, exactly. So like, <laughs> so like, I was like drawing from like picture books or coloring books or whatever it was that I could see a static image of what I was seeing animated. I'm looking at the, at the magazine rack and then there was like this whole bunch of Batman comics. And I was like, well, I love Batman, the animated show. There's just like a, it's almost like a picture book of, Batman, like let's let's grab this thing, and it was I'll, I'll never forget this. It was uh, Kelly Jones doing uh, the Contagion, oh, uh, wow. yeah, storyline of Batman. Wow, <laughs> and like from going from Batman the like going from Batman the animated show to suddenly Kelly Jones putting like bones as as uh, uh, the the panel borders, like having like all this like gothic. Batman, oh, you know, man. silhouette. Yeah. Kelly, Kelly Jones is uncut stuff, man. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it, it, like I was like, my life was changed after that. It's so like, I, it's like watching yeah. Bambi and your mom saying, oh, "Okay, let's see, you like deer movies? Let's go on the Deer Hunter." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, immediately it was it was that. It was like holy crap. So it, yeah, no, it was. Then I I started realizing, oh, this is where it's all coming from. This is where this is where all the things that I love in animations. Uh, are coming from because like I think that was around the same time that like the X-Men cartoon was coming out and I was getting oh, obsessed okay. with that one so like I discovered the X-Men comic books and then I found like the one bookstore back home that would actually import American comics and I would try to get as much as I can and uh, that store for some reason had like you know had a, a very limited selection of comics it was mostly like batman like some marvel stuff some dc stuff like mostly big names and but they also had uh wizard they also would bring wizard magazine so okay. that was my way of of getting like all the information that i had never had and like i was reading comics and reading this is in very like much quotes i was reading comics before i knew how to like read english or speak english so like i was i was just looking at the pictures and trying to figure out the stories and like pinpoint the words that i could you know i could translate oh and, man <laughs> and and then yeah and then but i was i was obsessed with the with the with the storytelling like with the story like with the medium of comics and 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 that kind of like informed most of the rest of of what came after yeah well it's 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 interesting that um that you kind of uh, take, uh, uh, I guess, almost a backwards or a sideways kind of, um, you know, sort of door uh, into comics, because, I mean, that's the thing that's fascinating about your stuff is, um, is that it's so storytelling key. Uh, e even um, the, uh, the fight scenes, um, uh, you know, that you did in We Are Robin, there's, there's a real sense of every panel, not only showing what's happening, but showing what just happened and also showing what's about to happen, <laughs> you know, yeah. um, just the way that you would choreograph things to where you could, you, you know, you could always see, oh, that guy's attacking now. He's in the background yeah. of the previous panel and he's raising this baseball bat and he's about to swing the baseball bat. And now he's getting kicked in the face. So it was like a, a real, um, 
you know, the the the, the fight scenes, like one of the things that that generally tends to bother me in uh in both comics and in uh in movies, is that oftentimes when the fight scenes start, the storytelling stops. Yeah. But you're taking a completely different uh, approach to it. Your yeah. storytelling is getting more intense when the fight scene starts. And, and actually, I have to be completely honest there. So We Are Robin was, I got into We Are Robin after I was doing Feathers, who that was my creator on book on Archaea, boom. And uh, my editor actually moved to to DC halfway through the the production of uh of oh, feathers wow. yeah and that's how kind of like i ended up doing we are robin oh but you got a guy the, in the back door <laughs> <laughs> yeah no yeah it was but the thing here was that because that was going to be my first dc superhero kind of thing and i was coming from like very much indie stuff i was working alongside uh layouts that yes that were done by rob hayes so oh, okay <laughs> yes so most of that choreography not most, like yeah, yeah, to, to, yeah. All of that choreography was Rob doing the layouts, but it did. I love what you're saying because it is, it is kind of like what I took from it and what I learned from it. Also, was that kind of storytelling, especially when you start at like choreographing a fight. You don't want you don't want just the like the punch, punch, punch that come out of nowhere. You want the you want the motion to flow from panel to panel and from like and make sense into like in, in the environment that you're placing your characters. Yeah. So a lot of the things that you were describing, I, I again, it was, it was Rob doing the, the layouts and the lucky thing for me was that it, it helped me out to, to that was basically my education into, oh, into well, kind of how to do fights later on. Yeah, I've, I've had many of super late night all night conversations with uh, with Rob about uh, storytelling. <laughs> you know, it's just like we have, we've gotten so so deep into it, and uh, and and you could not, you know, sort of have like a better like entree into. No, it was it was amazing. Guy. It was amazing to learn from him that construction of 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 how you set up everything for a scene for 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 everything. So it was really it was really fortuitous for me to to have that that beginning with him in DC that's, because yeah, that guy's amazing. And we, we should yeah. do a little shout out to him. If you don't know Rob Haynes, go look him up. Gosh. I mean, you know, we're, we're really lucky because Rob's done a couple of, you know, 12 gauge stories, um, you know, through the, the, the days of, uh, I guess in, in Charlotte and he, you know, he was there and, you know, was friends with all the, all the guys that were working on the, like the first few ride books, but just an amazing storyteller uh he, and, he truly know. is yeah i i tried i begged <laughs> a couple of years ago we were putting together the 15th anniversary of the ride and i actually got rob to come to the heroes con but he doesn't okay. do mentions like he came to the show we sat down and i was like dude you've got to do a story uh just do something a couple of pages for this 15th anniversary thing and uh it didn't come together. He was for it for a while, but then he got, got <laughs> like, you just cannot get that man to draw a comic book. He loved, he loved, like if I would have said, can you lay the whole, like the whole five issue miniseries out? He probably would have jumped all over that. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think the, the tough thing about it is, is he's so into the purity of storytelling that he thinks mm -hmm. drawing gets in the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I have a friend who is, who, who is like, uh, like, we talk about the same things and it's, is he is the same way. He is like, I get so bored 
by the time that I have to do the pencils and the inks and like kind of like the finishing touches because where my brain is actually into is at the layout thumbnails uh, stage because that's the kind of puzzles that he likes to solve. That's where he wants to be like, okay, so how, how can I make this work the best? And then by the time that he's doing pencils and inks, it's like, God, this is just like dragon feet. Now <laughs> it's like, what am I doing here? Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. yeah. Well, I, know. I want to know a little bit about, you know, you mentioned Venezuela and I know you're in Colorado now, but you, yeah. you ended up in SCAD. Yes. Um, were you like in Savannah or uh, Atlanta? Savannah. Yeah, no, no, the Savannah campus. So how did that come about? <laughs> I did my undergrad back home in uh, graphic design. It was kind of like the, the closest I could get to commercial illustration career-wise, higher education-wise. So I was working as a graphic designer for a few years. I had graduated and working as a graphic designer for a few years. And then I learned about the Fulbright uh, scholarship that was done through the American embassy back home. And yeah, and that is usually that, I mean, Fulbright, when you do it from, from at least how it was for me, was that you, you'd had to do it for a graduate program. So, so I always loved to draw, like even my graphic design work, like I ended up, you know, targeting or, or, or aiming it more at, um, commercial illustrations. Like I hated, like, if you had told me to lay out the, a flyer or like make a logo i would be like okay i'll do it but i can i can the logo have like a weird clown face because i need to draw something with my life so uh so i was doing i was doing i was doing that and again this is kind of like how how little i knew the industries because by this point i applied for the fulbright scholarship the way you do that is like you submit all of like your previous uh, uh, grades, records, whatever, you know, what kind of work do you do? Like all basically your whole life, you submitted it and they give you the option of, okay, give us your three majors or, or, or programs that you would like to do. Like, what would you like to, to, to come here to the States and, and study? So like my first one, I think it was animation. The second one, I can't remember. It was like illustration. And then there was, I can't remember even what was the third one, but I didn't know because again, I, I, I had no idea. I didn't know that there was a sequential arts program anywhere in the States. So when they come back and it's like, okay, so a court, like seeing what you want to study, seeing what your interests are and all these things, these are, these are kind of like the programs that are affiliated with us that we, we think, you know, you could go and, 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 and apply like we could we could apply for you it was again it's a fulbright kind of like it's the middleman in all this situation in this whole situation one of the programs is sequential arts and i was like wait what is this and then i started like researching about about sequential arts and this cad program for sequential arts and i was like oh no screw animation i don't want to draw the same frame 40 times i just like the anim- <laughs> i just like animation and so like i like sequential also can get you into animations because again it's sequential arts you can do concept you can do whatever that's the part that i kind of enjoy so I apply for that when I say like, well, this is the one that I, this is the one that I want to pursue and they get in contact with SCAD. Um, I have to submit my portfolio with SCAD. That was like, coincidentally, that was like, I was doing like a weird small web comic with, uh, with a friend back home. Uh, and I, I was able to submit that. So I had like actual pages because, or sequential work that I hadn't had up until that point. So everything kind of like started work, like ended up working out. Yes, Cat accepted me. And that's how I ended up 
going for the the MFA in sequential arts uh, at SCAT. Wow. wow, amazing! So, yeah. what years were you there? I was there uh, from 2011 to 2013. So, Brian, what year was it? Gosh, it, we missed you by a few years. Yeah. Brian and I, Brian and I actually like pseudo. You know, we didn't teach a class, but we had a class there. It was in the, um, but it was like, you know, your last uh, semester. We called it the Ride 101. Uh, John Lowe, <laughs> uh, who oh, John Lowe, I yeah, yeah. yeah so when was, I was there, John Lowe was uh, was the the dean. Yes, he had. So he moved. Yeah, he was the chair of the sequential art department, I believe, at the yeah. time. Great guy, and I think we met. You know, back to just Charlotte. I think we met at Heroes Con. And somehow it came up. I was like, "Yeah, hey, you know, I'll come." You know, he asked us to come down or something, and we ended up constructing this idea of, "Hey, let's do a comic book for SCAD, and it'll be like a charity thing, and um, you know, raise money for a scholarship fund or whatever." And we did an issue. We did an issue of the ride. All the stories were set in Savannah, and <laughs> uh, so Doug Doug Wagner wrote one. We had a couple of um, a couple of different different guys that wrote short stories, and then so the the, the artists in the you know the senior level class. I think it was like three or four artists per chapter and everybody okay. drew the book and drew the stories. And then Brian and I got to pick the, uh, you know, the winners. That's that was a lot awesome. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. A lot of talent uh, came through that too. Yes. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Scott's Scott's program. Uh, well, I mean, that's, I mean, I'm married to Morgan beam who we met at Scott. She's also a comic book artist. We were roommates with uh, Ariela Crescentina, who is also a comic book artist now. Like Dave Stoll, we have a studio here in Denver of people that 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 went to school with us at SCAD. Um, and you have like Jeremy Lawson, who was doing, you know, he does color and he's, he's doing line work too now. Like everyone, Sarah Stern, who ended up coloring uh, Bad Girls and who, who I've been working with in a bunch of covers uh, lately. Ry Hickman, who, who did the colors for for the media love in the dark and 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 you know now has a yeah, bunch that's, of, that's of comics fantastic. out yeah yeah we and they've stole uh did um pantomime but yeah i know so everyone basically all of us came out of that group that that went to scat for those years and kind of yep. overlapped with some other years ended up working in comics to this day so so it's, it's it was yeah no it was it was a huge learning experience and 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 it was amazing to share time with all these people that you know now are colleagues and 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 and, and we work together and, and and we have the same kind of like beginnings is is the heat in savannah worse than the than the heat in venezuela or hell no <laughs> so the i mean depending on where you are unfortunately for me or fortunately for me no savannah was cooler i wow. uh, my home, yeah my hometown my hometown is uh maracaibo to the east of Venezuela, almost uh, uh, close to Colombia, and is uh, sea level. It's basically called the land of the loving sun. I want to say it's around a hundred most of the time, and sometimes it rains. That's oh, our. That's wow. yeah, yeah. So like, it's you. I actually lived that in. That sounds a just like Savannah to me. Um. <laughs> yeah, but Savannah, Savannah, you went a little bit above the equator you, you enough did, yeah. that you yeah, exactly yeah. that you got winter. Like I was, I wore jackets outside in, during winter. <laughs> so yeah, no, it's a little bit. It's a little bit different. And now you're in Colorado, where it, it where I was. Sold. Yeah, no, I was sold 
false advertising. What is this <laughs> bullshit of having 100 degrees right now? I came, to, I came to Colorado. I thought the mountains. I thought this is going to be like a cool 60s most of the time. And now we have 100 degree summers. And I was like, I, I don't know what's happening anymore. Oh, yeah. It's insane, dude. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> yeah. Like my, my girlfriend and I just um just drove like uh cross country and and we like you know sort of got a little bit of the edge of uh Colorado and and we were like yeah this is cold <laughs> this is <laughs> not cold this is this is hot this is oh this okay is comfortably yeah this is uncomfortably yeah. hot you know yeah because it's not also not only hot it's also dry so it's like I'm choking myself like I just wake up every morning coughing just like with a dry a, a dry throat and just like boiling heat and i was like what's happening what is it this is this is not what was in the pamphlet wow oh, yeah i've man. never been to i've been to colorado to ski so i've never been there during the summer i didn't realize that it, uh getting that bad there in, in the yeah summer. it's getting yeah it's getting to this point well, now yeah, but... that's it's sort of like when i moved to new york for the first time you know it's fucking cold in new york it's, <laughs> you know it's like the, the time i went to visit i guess before i moved up there and literally the coldest i'd ever been and, I, and I'd, I'd been you know to colorado and other places uh you know like skiing and stuff and yeah that 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 cold in new york like when you're walking down the city streets and that wind blows and it's you know like negative you know 20 or whatever it is and it just cuts through you like a knife and <laughs> yeah it, but then in the summer it was like 100 degrees <laughs> I'm like so you get the worst of both you know of both <laughs> extremes there but uh yeah yeah i don't know i guess it so sometimes it feels a little bit like home except instead of the humidity it's more like you're in an oven yeah no <laughs> i yeah i still i still don't know what i preferred i still don't know if i i think like a middle like a solid middle is what i would prefer when it comes to like choosing between like a dry heat or uh, a human head heat because oh, yeah. yeah it's yeah it's it's it, it it comes with its own disadvantages i enjoy the fact that i don't sweat as much just by being outside for two minutes you know here so like that's that's nice uh oh yeah but yeah, yeah. uh yeah well that's why everybody you know if you can afford it you live in san diego <laughs> is that so <laughs> yeah it's like 75 degrees year round with a breeze i mean you know Oh, that's uh, nice. That does sound nice. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that's. It used to be the millionaires I live there. I guess now it's the billionaires. Uh, oh yeah. no. <laughs> yeah, well, that puts me out. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. We're in comics. This is this is just a fast fast lane track to 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 get in there. It's just, it's just I, that's that's what I was told. I told like if I do this enough. It's, comics it's, is where you rake in the big bucks. <laughs> yes, I came. I came here for the money. So I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> um, also reminds me, uh, since this is shot by shot, we uh, we generally have like drinks, and I was uh, wondering what uh, what everyone's drinking. Hey, right, who goes first? <laughs> Jorge, I think uh, it's you. The guy oh, who's... okay. Yeah, it's gonna be lame because it is straight up a Corona. So <laughs> I'm just staying on brand. It's I'm just keeping the brand going. <laughs> Oh man! So well, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Actually, uh, the last few few of these, I mean, you know, I'm usually the only one drinking, which has gotten kind of bad. So I'm glad. Because Brian's always drinking tea or coffee or water, and, and, you know, and, and Sean's like, "Oh yes, I'm I'm trying this new non-alcoholic seltzer." 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's 10 times worse this uh this round. I'm drinking water with L-glutamine and protein powder. Oh, Jesus man. Christ. Wow. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Seriously, oh, wow. the, and when when you come in and say I'm drinking avocado water, that is when the show <laughs> is officially canceled. <laughs> For the record, because my, my my daughter comes in with a avocado water, and I'm just like, seriously, this is the end of this is this is how the world ends. Yeah. <laughs> wait, yeah. wait. Should I be proud? I don't know what avocado water is. A- oh avocado. no! Excuse me. Avocado. My my southern twang three. <laughs> avocado. <laughs> It's, it's, it's avocado the water. Green shit you make guacamole from. Yeah. <laughs> what I mean, like, where do you get the water from? I hope you soak it. It's gonna be gross either way, but I hope at least it's just soaking it, soaking yeah. the avocado in the water. Does it come from from the you know, sap of the avocado tree, or <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. You squeeze you it know, real hard. They got it from the tap, and they put some avocado flakes in it. You know, like oh. that, you know, that's, what? Yeah, that's what it I mean, I'm just I'm I'm just assuming it's something Kim Kardashian or whatever you know endorsed. Yeah. You know my my daughter's on TikTok more than in the real world these days. So oh, uh, yeah. my middle daughter, she's gonna be mad if she. Well, she doesn't listen to my podcast, so it won't matter. <laughs> uh, so you're good. You're good. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I I yeah. went looking for something to drink tonight, and I I got a surprise. I went into the the old like the top of the liquor cabinet. Uh, which is only up high because you know I've got kids, um, yep. <laughs> but I found a bottle of Eagle Rare that I did not know I had. Ooh, and nice! At some point, it had gotten laid down, and I popped the seal on that tonight. Oh, nice! nice. All right, that's really nice. Nice, and uh, and and for me, I got some, and you can help me with the pronunciation of this: Papillon con limon. Papillon con limon? You're drinking yes. papillon con limon? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think you're the first person in the states that I know like has said those words to me. What? Not really? Yeah, that's that, that's a big drink back home. That's like our, you know, like our lemonade stand. It would be the papelonco limon. That's 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 kind of like that's kind of the the comparison that I can I can make. Tried it before, um, but I didn't have lemons. I I only had tangerines. Um, okay, and that was and that was quite delicious. But um, yes, but, I, but I, I I went full bore on it tonight. Yeah, no, no, no. Okay, mm. I, I mean I'm definitely in the alcoholics camp, but at least I'm proud <laughs> that you're like yeah, 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 yeah today. <laughs> Um, <laughs> no, that's, that is awesome. Yeah. There's, oh man. Oh, we can talk food. Oh, have you had, have you had arepas? Any of you guys had arepas? Yeah. Uh, no, no, not at all. Oh, okay. So arepas, depending on who you ask, either Colombian or Venezuelan, obviously Venezuelan, but, <laughs> but yeah, they show up in Encanto and I was like, those Colombians are going to claim that shit again. But no, um, so, so no, so very, a very, it is, it is, to this day, it is a discourse uh, to say where they come from. But they're basically like corn uh, flour, almost like a cornmeal bun, almost. So oh, wow. you, op- yeah, you toast it or you fry it, depending on what you want. And then you open them up and then you, you, you fill them with whatever you want, ham, cheese. There's, uh, there's something called reina pepia, which is like avocado, not water, uh, <laughs> avocado with uh, shredded chicken. And oh, it's kind of like man. a mix, which is really good. So, like, if you ever get a chance, you know, I recommend this. But, you know, eat, eat, eat arepas. But with the same flour 
that you make arepas, which is really easy because like it's literally just flour, water, and salt. That's all you need. You can put papelon, you shred the papelon into the dough, and mm. you then end up with this sweet dough, but you kind of like this cornmeal sweet dough thing, and it's freaking delicious. Wow. So yeah, so it's really good. You can make like arepas dulces, you can make mandocas, which in mandocas you would put papelon and you would put plantains. So it has mm-hmm. the sweetness of the plantain with the cornmeal and 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 then the papillon. And yeah. again, oh man, oh, so many good well, things they, that you can do with papillon. They used to grow um, papillon, like I lived in coastal South Carolina and, um, okay. and there used to be like field next to our, our house that they'd rotate different crops in. And uh, and they used to grow uh, papillon there on a, on a regular basis. And technically we weren't supposed to <laughs> take anything from the field. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> but we but we would go into the field and take it from the middle of the field, you know? <laughs> and we just like cut down the canes and just take that into the house and just really enjoy it, man. It was it was just fantastic. Wow, and I yeah. feel like we need to do a cooking show, like a new video. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, get on know. that. Yeah, I'll let's do it. it. <laughs> uh, oh. But. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, no. Papillon basically you use it also like almost like a, a, a sweetener. It's like a, a healthier sweetener that you can that you can use instead of sugar. So so that's why it ended up in a lot of like recipes back home. You know, back back where I live, it was common for someone to have like just a stick of it and they'd shave it and just bite into it and just walk yeah. down the street with with like you know sort of just just a stick that you're just shaving <laughs> like you know sort of biting and uh, and 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 chewing on that was just like the is this like sugarcane yeah yeah, yeah. I, oh yeah okay because that that's how you make the best sweet tea oh yeah <laughs> yeah i think we we can throw back to the tom coger episode where we discussed our sweet tea recipes but uh <laughs> but yes the the sugar cane that is the goat for best sweet tea papillon con lemon is is pretty much the venezuelan sweet tea <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no again it, it was it really was that just sounds way way fancier than than what it really wasn't it really wasn't (laughs) it was it was a guy with like a cooler on a bike outside my school and then you would yeah you would buy a glass like a like a cup of of, of papillon from him and like he would go about his day like it again it wasn't this is not high tea. This is definitely like. What he, yeah. Now, would would he have like uh, the um the grinder, you know, sort of with him, or he's just kind of grinding it up and you're getting it fresh, or you would just get like the the the, the cooler was already filled with it, so you didn't oh. like he wasn't like prepping it in front of you. Again, this is not Benihana for for sweet tea. <laughs> this is this was a this was a do. This was a dude with a with with a with what do you what do you call it a a a, a, a business a, a, an entrepreneur just just, street just entrepreneur. making the best yeah yeah so, yes 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 Brian is quite the the tea snob so I don't know that uh, oh yeah would you yeah. ever buy tea from someone on a bike uh, uh, no no. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah yeah but that's how you buy papillon colimos I don't know what to tell you this sounds like it'd be really good paired with a lucky dog. What yeah. the hell is a, a lucky dog? A lucky dog in New Orleans. That's what all the street vendors, the, the hot dog vendors, uh, they sell lucky dogs. Um, and you know, right. 
they're really not they're really not very good but everybody eats them it's kind of like in nathan's in new york everybody eats at the the, the little nathan's hot dog stands that's um, fair I yeah don't, i've been to new orleans a couple of times i don't think i've gotten a hot dog there yeah man yeah, don't, like a, don't bother man you, you yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, if you usually go to the french quarter you know at, at night uh and and you'll find them around or actually you know pretty much anytime during the day but um it's it's popular because people are drunk and they have yeah. a couple of dollars left in their pockets and oh hot dog you know and then they remember yeah. it tasted great because it was 3 a.m and they were really hungry I see. Uh, yeah. I see. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It, yeah. No, that was great food. You know, uh, I could probably get shot for this, but I don't think Lucky Dog actually qualifies. <laughs> New Orleans, you know, it's like those hurricanes and stuff they sell there too. You know, if you buy them off the street, then, you know, be wary. You never know what you're getting. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and I would imagine at three o'clock at night, it's guaranteed food poison. Oh yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Man, I don't know. We had a whole industry of three o'clock at night, like food food stands back home, and that was the best shit I've ever eaten. Oh wow! <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> like it well, would be like it's not only hot dogs. You would get like burgers. You would get like arepas. You would get like pepitos, which is like a like a, a shredded, not shredded, but like a chopped beef sandwich. Like you would get almost anything that you could. But that was yeah. That when you if you were in your twenties and then you know maybe before and maybe after mostly before and maybe after uh that's where you ended up if you were going out any night like it was it was to a to a food cart that was there at 3 a.m when all the bars close and then you just meet with the same people that you were a second ago but now you're eating like a whopper that is four times the size of your head oh wow in the south we had the waffle house and crystals and you know the waffle houses if you're like if you if you felt like you needed maybe that somebody wanted breakfast because it was you know 3 a.m you would Uh go to the waffle house where you'd get you know the hash browns and you could get a burger but it was mostly a breakfast place and then you know crystal was just those you know those shitty little square hamburgers that (laughs) um, oh okay you you, you pretty much i mean it's like white castle if you know if you're an area of the country that's got white castle i see i know white castle yeah, they like steam the hamburgers, and mm-hmm. like if you op- if you ever opened one up, it doesn't look like meat. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know exactly what I'm eating, but man, those were really good when I. It's was really hitting the spot. Yeah. yeah. No, the best thing in Savannah when we were there is that again, it was just a bunch of twenty-something years old you know, just stress out of their minds because we had to do X amount of pages for the next week. So we would, whenever we had a, a deadline, you know, we, we would submit all our work. We would go out, drink until like we couldn't see straight. And there was this one gas station that we used to call Fancy Parkers because it was like a Parkers, which I don't know if it's a chain or anything. Again, I know that people called it a Fancy Parkers. It was um, a Parkers gas station that had like this gourmet, almost like a convenience store. And like, yeah, you could get like fancy wine and all this like other weird treats or whatever. But it had food bar basically that you, at 3 a.m. you would get like grits, you would get corn dog, you would get sausage, you would get all this like breakfast stuff and it was just the greasiest, most delicious, like southern kind of thing. And then we would just Damn. absorb, like oh, trying man. to absorb the alcohol through that. 
So like, no, it was great. It was a great, it was a great thing. Well, oh, next time, dude. next time I go to Savannah, I'm gonna have to stay out late and check that out. So <laughs> if you ever go to Savannah again, and then you go to the sequential, the sequential department, I don't know if it's still the same, but like, there's you know, Savannah is like like a Disneyland for college students. Like it's, oh, it's yeah. just like it, it, it feels like the downtown is just Disneyland for college students. So you have a bunch of bars. You, you've probably seen them all. And then, you know, because you have open container laws, you can just walk around between bars or whatever. But then each department almost like adopted a bar. And at least when I was there, oh, that's our, cool. yeah, at least when I was there, our bar was most of the time it was this one called McDonald's. And it was like an Irish pub that had 24-hour karaoke. So, uh, yes, wow. plenty bold. of times did I listen to John Lowe singing God of Thunders, and it was absolutely <laughs> marvelous. So, uh, yes, it was great. It was freaking great. Across from McDonald's, that's where you'll find the fancy Parker. Again, all of this is if everything's still around. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. We had a similar place um, in the uh, early Gaijin days. There was a place that was about like a quarter of a mile away from the studio. And mm -hmm. I don't know if the place even had a name, but they had a <laughs> sign out front that said, We're always open. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> and it didn't matter if you went there Christmas night or anything, the place was open. <laughs> I mean, that sign, I don't even think they put a lock on the door. There was someone <laughs> working there at all times, you know. That's... And um, and I, I remember there was like like a hurricane or something, you know, sort of coming through and the weather was like just terrible. And uh, I was at the studio and I was just like, I bet they're closed now. And I went there <laughs> and they were open. <laughs> they were still open. Yeah, when I was in college and when I had my comic shop in Auburn after I graduated, we had this place called the Tiger Time Diner because at, at Auburn, they, they were the Auburn Tigers. And uh, that was, if Jason Pearson's listening, that was his favorite place. Anytime he would come into town, you know, we would go out and he would be like, and their slogan was, anytime is Tiger Time. Because <laughs> they were always open. And, and so, like, we would be out, and Jason would look at me and say, Anytime is Tiger Time. And here we go. We had to go to Tiger Time. And, uh, and I, Brian, you probably don't remember this, but I remember because uh, we were there when you, you guys were in town uh, for a signing, and we ended up there probably because Pearson. He loved the place, and it's just basically breakfast food, right? I mean, they had yeah, right. it's like that, that you know, cafe, you know, that that Waffle House type place. But the, the waitress comes up, and and Brian says, and she's like, "What do you want to drink?" And and Brian says, uh, "Do you have any Earl Grey?" And she <laughs> says, uh, "There's nobody named Earl Grey here." <laughs> and I told her, I was like, "That's the tea." He's asking for tea, and she's like, "We have Red Diamond." there you go there you go god <laughs> this podcast is completely off the rails so <laughs> i mean i don't know i feel like it's 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 right on track that's <laughs> true this is a this is the latest podcast we've ever done for at least on for my my watch let's see who who did we do we did somebody in like the morning I don't remember who that was. I think that might have been quietly. Oh, yeah. Frank quietly. Yeah, we did. We oh, did Frank like quietly. A, okay. We did like a Sunday morning. We we're all like getting up uh, and and uh, did that one. So you, you you get the latest start, which is fine. <laughs> we're all we're, yeah. everybody's on the West Coast now, but me it used to be Brian was was East. I'm Central, and Sean was West. So we kind of like tried to had to make everybody happy. But now now yeah. Brian, 
on the West Coast. So yeah, I'm I'm the one that that's uh that's late for everybody. But yeah, no, yeah. T- totally having a having a good time. Uh, so what so what are you what are you working on right now? So yeah. right now I kind of like in between in between projects, Scotty and I are developing our next project. So working working on on concepts and 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 designs and stuff like that for that one. So hopefully we can announce that one soon. And I'm also doing a pitch. We'll see if everything goes through. I I'll also hopefully will announce. And I'm trying to to do a, both writing and and drawing, which I haven't done since Feathers awesome. when I started. Oh wow! Yeah. So so it's a, it's a lot of in between. So mostly I've been doing uh, cover work, both uh, DC Boom, obviously with you guys, Image, and you know with 12K, and yeah, kind of like the, the same BC that way while while everything takes shape. Yeah, but dude, nice. it's, it, isn't it really sweet to have like um, some time to sort of spin up for the work before you actually start doing the uh, pages? <laughs> I want to say yes, but also in my head, I'm like, when this is my career over? It's been two months <laughs> since I did since I did a whole full issue. Like, is this is this the beginning of the of the end? I'm actually I'm actively my like Morgan, my wife, like literally has to sit me down, and it's like you are actually working in the development of your next project. Yeah. <laughs> you are you are actually like, this is not, and I'm like, but what if it never happens? And it's like, <laughs> you are working on it. Like there is, this is not a maybe. This is, this is like what's coming next. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is a mix. It is a mix of like, I'm having some good times. And then also like, but what if this is it? What if I now need to become an accountant? <laughs> Well, look, you and Scotty can probably work together until you die. Don't ever worry about that, right? And, and Listen, developing your own thing is really cool. And, and, I'm, and I'm glad too. Like, I don't know exactly when our book, this book's getting announced. It should be in a few weeks. Maybe, you know, I don't know. Sean usually takes a, a, a minute to edit out all the ums that I say during a <laughs> podcast. But so we got the cover in. Uh, from you a couple uh, like a, a two weeks ago maybe, and, and we just got so, the design work in tonight uh it just like literally hit my inbox uh, right before we we came on uh, with our with our logo for the book but absolutely killed it i'm glad you were in the process of you know working on all the new stuff so that you had time to do uh, oh yeah no i i love this thing so like you know and it was such an honor and then i met yeah we were talking about this and then i met doug like the following weekend by accident by complete oh, wow. like, coincidence so yeah. <laughs> and we got introduced twice sean introduced me to you i introduced you to oh yeah and then doug did the and same then and doug again. introduced like, us to yeah, each yeah, other yeah it's okay yeah yep 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 Listen, wow <laughs> it was pretty funny <laughs> so much time had gone by like a couple of weeks had gone by and then doug did an intro to me and Hori, and i was like i'm just not even gonna say anything so <laughs> oh, man. yeah i know i was like i'm pretty sure like I'm pretty sure I talked to Kevin before. Yeah. It's like I'm losing my I'm losing my freaking mind. But uh, but well, yeah, no, that, I'm glad. Just, it's that avocado water. It makes you think crazy stuff. <laughs> Listen <laughs> again, it, just kind of like how you said that that's the the sign of the end. It's like when you see me drinking avocado shaped into my water bottle. <laughs> shoot me, shoot me by that point. Like it's again, it's like it's like oh, I've reached. Our, our two sponsors for tonight were. Uh, <laughs> This episode of Shot by Shot brought to you by SketchUp, the 3D uh, program for all artists. 
in avocado water when you need a taste of something really shitty to get you through the day. Yeah, the new the new lacrosse flavor avocado. A golden opportunity tonight. All and, and I mean, Tiger Time and Waffle yeah. House and all these places. Either that or they're gonna come out with like crow papillon con limon and then yeah, yeah it's like a the full circle. Yeah, yeah that would, that would taste too good for the crow. <laughs> Man, that is, you know, working working on your own stuff. That's always, in in my opinion, just really terrifying. And I and I think oh, it's, it is. I think people don't realize just how terrifying that is for artists because because we've we've got a place to hide. You know, <laughs> <art>. <laughs> yep. And uh, and and it's uh, a lot of times tough enough for us to sort of overcome fraud complex of being an artist, um, but mm -hmm. then to actually kind of go, now I'm going to write and expose myself even more. But it's always like just incredibly satisfying, but at the same time, incredibly terrifying. <laughs> it, I, it, I tell you, it, it really and, is. And guys like you guys are so talented because I've known Brian for, I mean, too many years now. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> how many years did it take us to get thomas river number one like i mean i i know i twisted off both of your ankles i think yes <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you guys are so freaking talented you can do anything you want and people are going to even if it's the worst thing you ever did there's going to be so many people line up to buy it because they know there's going to be one panel in there that's going to be like god damn you know, like that's, that's what, and that's all I want. That's that what is the fans, that's, that's that is my goal. Want. Yeah, that's it's a, like it's I good. don't know what you are trying to say here, but holy shit, looks pretty. That's yeah. all I want. That's that's my goal. There's yeah. no commentary about like you know the current situation. There is no deeper meaning about no 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 no. Yeah, it's the dumbest shit that I could think of. God, it looks it looks pretty, right? Like it looks yes. pretty. Is, no, I that is awesome. yeah. I was lucky enough that one of my first projects when I started working in comics was a book that I also wrote that I was lucky enough, but I didn't realize how lucky I was because after that, it's like I didn't have like I was I was like if someone is publishing this, then I must be okay about writing. And now I've worked with all these people that are way more talented than me at telling stories and like coming up with ideas and stuff like that. Then, then now that I'm trying to do it again, it's like, oh God, I want to be that dumb again. That naive, when, when I thought yes. I was like, yeah, yes. I have to be, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I didn't realize how oblivious I was, all that goes into this. And now I do, and I am frozen. So it's great. No, it's great. <laughs> I, I think back at my early career, both in illustration and my early career in uh, in, in comics. Mm -hmm. And I always think, man, if I had known what I was doing, I would not have done it. It's just really kind of fascinating just that the confidence of being an idiot. <laughs> yes. Yes. God, I want that. I want that back. I, oh, yeah. I desperately need it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I do think having having a a really detailed description of what failure looks like just really is difficult. But when you have no idea, <laughs> yes. It's just uh, yep. it's just so much so much more fun to just kind of go, yeah, 
going to ask for this. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, no, I mean, the it's... first the first few times that um that I did stuff at DC, I would I would mm -hmm. just immediately go, well, I'm going to be inking it and coloring it, and then I'd move on to the next subject, and the editors would kind of go, so well, well I guess you're going to do it then. <laughs> <laughs> and I would and, and I would the to other artists, and and they'd say, oh my god, you got a chance to do that on your first job, and I'm like. I could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait, what do you mean? Is this not the deal? Is this not how oh, it goes? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so it's so it's it's pretty awesome having that. So for <laughs> for all you new artists out there, <laughs> just keep, it, man. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Keep it oblivious. Keep yeah. it keep it yeah. Uh, <laughs> blissful it ignorance is your friend right now. And it's like there's nothing like failing when when the worst you could do is fail from 2 feet off the ground. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh boy. You need one person, like you got your wife encouraging you. you. You just need one person that can say, "No, you're not crazy. This is good." Yeah. <laughs> and and, and yeah. but the problem is, you guys don't listen. If you at least get that one person you trust that tells you this is really good, you know, dive in. You know, sometimes it takes a, a, a week or a day or whatever, you know, like sometimes like with, with Thomas river, I think it took me about six years to, <laughs> Brian, to, to do it. And I will also say too, like we're talking about Doug Wagner with plastic. Um, he and Daniel Hilliard pitched me that story. And uh, which is, if, if you don't know, it's a serial killer who falls in love and retires because he wants to make his, his significant other happy and she wants him to stop killing, but you know, she just happens to be a sex doll. And so, you know, Doug pitches me that story and that's the one time I sweated. Like I was the one going, oh my God, I've just greenlit something that it might be me and Doug's wife and, and Daniel's mom. And that's the only, you know, the only people that will read this thing. I, I know my my wife's not going to read it, and I can't show it to my kids. So who's going to buy this thing? And then it turned out to be, you know, the most successful book we ever published. So yeah, that's awesome. Uh, that is freaking awesome. Yeah, it's it's. There should be uh, like Muhammad Ali had like his hype man, you know, who yeah. just yeah just walk along with him and just say cool stuff about him. Uh, I think every comic book artist and writer needs like a, a hype man or a hype woman that just follows them around and says cool stuff about them. Just like Kevin said, are you going to believe them? It's like, no, you never do. You're no. like, you're just, say, you're just saying that because you're my hat man. I know it. I pay for you. It's like, what is happening? Yeah, no. So yeah, no. But, but let's be honest. If, if I had Michael Buffer on, on, you know, on, on retainer and every morning when, when you got up to draw, you know, he comes up and, and gets you via Zoom and, and does the whole <laughs> You get fired up. You, you, would, you would draw that day. No, yeah, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That would that's be fair. awesome. <laughs> but, and, I, would, I would love doing that. Yeah. I saw, I, I saw some, a quote from somebody the other day that said, you know, like writing, and I always say his name wrong. It's uh, Taiko Watiti. Taika? Yes. Oh. Right. Mm -hmm. that, that, was that the right Brian? You know, you, you yeah, always yeah. Know, right? Yes. And he said, <laughs> you know, some days as a writer, you know, I sit in front of the computer and I don't type anything. And I do that for eight hours. And that's still writing. Some days it just doesn't come. 
but yep. it's all part of the process. And then when, you know, when it finally gets there, you know, then it, then bam, but you know, like I can write all day and have no words on, on my, on my computer screen. And sometimes wow. that's just part of the, of the process. And that really opened, like, you know, I've been around this business for a very long time. That really opened my eyes. Like, yeah, hey, you know, some days, you know, like I have a bad day at work. I just don't get as many emails out, you know, and <laughs> it's just a different world. But yeah, that, that was like, you know, that's, that's kind of cool. And I, I think it's good for to see somebody like him, who's one of the most, you know, in demand, uh, successful directors on the planet, you know, to, to be able to say that, yeah, you know, shit, sometimes I work all day and I have nothing to show for it, but that's all part mm -hmm. of the process of, of getting there, you know, for whatever. That oh is. yeah. Yeah. And, and, and really, I think, um, the actual working, the actual once once the equipment hits the paper, you know that's the end of the process. You know that's that's the end of a long process um, yeah. that um, that started off with. Quite frankly, sometimes for us, it's 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 the most boring part of of the process. You know, it's 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 like really thinking of it, planning on it, designing it. You know, sort of that that build up. You know, that um, that like process of pulling it from the ether is uh is to me some of the most enjoyable parts of it but it's also the most difficult part of it yeah yeah that's definitely the part that that drains you the most that's the part that is like oh man like yeah i just did like i don't know like like x amount of this just tiny sketches of a page like it's not it's not a whole piece but by the end of the day you're like oh i need yeah no i'm good to go to bed uh <laughs> that took the most the most effort I don't know, man. I still love the whole. For me, I think inking has become one of my favorite stages in the process. And I, I, I don't know um, with uh, with with your stuff, but but I think for me, the um, the most fun part of uh, of inking, like I think when when I start off project, the the difference between inking and penciling is very little. You know, and the the inks are almost reproducing the pencil. But later in the in the process. I can just throw down a couple of lines in pencil and just make such a leap of faith with the, uh, with the inking. And <laughs> that to me is like a lot of fun where, where there's yeah. just like, there's this huge gap between what you lay down for the pencils and what you actually produce. So, so most of the work is being done in the inks rather than at the pencil stage. Yeah, no, for me, for me, the pencils is where I'm, making sure that the composition that the flow that all of this so i do pencils digitally like i figure out that that's definitely my process to first work at the speed that i can i can work at and and what achieves like the best results from my work and it's like i do the pencils digitally because i can edit and i can move stuff around into like to the point that it's like okay this is this is the shot that i want this is the expression that i want all of these things but it doesn't go beyond that. Like I don't do, uh, 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 you know, uh, any kind of like line variation. I don't do, mm. I sometimes mark a little bit of the black placement, but not too much. Like, again, it's very, it's a very rough kind of like pencil. Everything is there. The information is there. It's just not render. So yeah. what, by the time that I go to inks, that's the part that I love because it's when I see what everything has amounted to. So that's where I see like, oh, this, like this with all this line variation, this with all this like hatching or, you know, whatever inking texture that I'm, that I'm doing there. Like, oh, this is, this was the end product and this is how I wanted it to come. So oh, that's yeah, why, yeah. that's why I love that part specifically is because it's, 
everything is revealed at that point. Yeah, that, and that's 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 a lot of fun. That's I, I think that's that's kind of it's it's weird because I think inking digitally works for me on certain projects. Um, okay. Because um, because you get such control. But, um, okay. but there are other things that, um, especially when you're going for something a little bit more expressive, there's mm -hmm. there's just something about like, uh, especially when you're inking with a brush, where okay. you, you kind of, you're not exactly certain what the brush is going to give you, <laughs> you know, yes. it's just like the, um, the, 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 just the gravity of the, uh, of the, of the brush is just making stuff happen. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I've tried to do some digital inking and I go over it too much because then I start chasing that perfect line more than that oh, expressive yeah. line. And then <laughs> yeah. that's, yeah. And then that's why, that's why, like, for me, even when I was still trying to do that, you know, trying to find a cleaner line in my work, I would rather do it uh, traditionally because it was like, once it's down, there's only so much that I can do. And I cannot just obsess about this tiny thing that maybe no one will ever notice. <laughs> it's like so. Yeah. 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 Well, and, that, yeah. and there's there's something something else I think um, in in the way that you're you're inking. Uh, I, I think there's less logic and more feeling mm -hmm. to the way that you're um, the way that you're moving through thicks and thins. You know, um, which is, yeah, because there's there's the academic of like, well, you have to indicate a thick line, you know, sort of yeah, um, <laughs> the weight, the, the gravity, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah, and and it's just like you've thrown that out the window, <laughs> you know, where where to it's, a degree, I will say, yeah, to yeah. a degree, yeah, yeah and uh, yeah. and and the stuff, the stuff is more about how it uh, how it feels, it For sure. feels energetic, it feels very very um, kinetic, but uh, but but I mean, it, it's it's really nice to kind of like see the ink happening you know sort of rather than the ink being completely absolutely everything is you know tightly controlled yeah i don't know it's a it's it's a stage that i like to play with because again like all the all i my pencils is where all the brain is going and ah. then and then my yeah my inking is where all the feeling is it's gonna be I think that's a, that's a brilliant way of saying that man that that is that is an absolutely cool way of saying that <laughs> I guess that's why digital works best for me in that stage. Because again, it's it's just mechanical. It's just like making sure that everything is in order. Yeah, and and also I think um, one of the things that's uh, that's cool, especially um, for some of the uh, the more open uh, line stuff that you're doing, you've mm -hmm. been um, you've been really lucky or really strategic about colors that you work with. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> Yeah, they they they've really kind of brought something to the uh, to the table uh, with your stuff. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I've been trying to take a little bit more control into not control, I guess. It's just that I've, especially now that my 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 inking style has been, it's more defined into what uh, what my inking style is. It's not just me trying to ink, you know, like 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 inks are supposed to be kind of thing. I, I started to pay attention more to that, to it's like, oh, whose style of coloring works for what I'm doing and who can, you know, it's a collaboration. So like you, you want to make sure that A, you're giving them something to work from that is still like, you know, engaging and, and they can still bring out, you know, whatever they, they can, they can into the, into the work. And, and I've been really lucky especially lately, you know, uh, Sarah Stern, we share a studio. So it's been fun to kind of 
You know, that makes all the difference in the world, man. That does. It, it absolutely does. And we can talk about it and I can be like, hey, what if I give you this? Would you rather have this done this way? Would you rather have this done this way? Like what makes it easier for you and what makes it, you know, more fun? And it's like, I want to give you enough that you you still have room to play with. And with Jean in, in Middle West and the Media Love in the Dark, you know, John has been working with Scotty for, for, for so long that I was kind of like the new guy in the team when, when we started working in, in Middle West. And with John, I saw what he was doing with Scotty, uh, especially like in I Hate Fairyland and what he had done in, in the Wizard books, in the Wizard of Oz books. And I tried to see, okay, what, you know, what's our best way to collaborate? And that's for that's why like in Middle West, especially because it was such a like a scenery, like like you said, like you have all this all these moments of the openness of the fields and stuff like that. No. I never drew a cloud. I never drew wow. a, you know a oh, sky. Man. I never I never touched any of that because that would get in the way of 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 John's work. Like he's so good at rendering those those kind of things that is oh, okay. like so you can just open that up and go dude have fun <laughs> yeah know? exactly and that was and that was the fun part of that collaboration and then yeah so like especially after that i managed to start paying attention of you know how can i work with the colors in a way that we're both we're both putting equal equal parts in in, in this whole situation and we're both bringing the best of each other instead of like before for most of the other projects, he was like, well, I got assigned to this colorist. And again, all, on all those projects, I also was lucky enough to work with like Gabriel Casata in some of my first few books oh, yeah. that did amazing stuff. And, 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 and again, we found our flow and, 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 and everything and everything ended up well. And with Rai Hickman, you know, we went to school together. So with Rai, there was a conversation there. Like even if I wasn't living yeah, in the States yeah. yet, there was still a conversation to be had and it's like okay so how can we make this fun for each other so yeah i don't know it's 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 been a process but i do appreciate what i am right now in terms of that kind of collaboration because it is it is important it's it's it can make or break a book i've always considered the coloring to be the cinematography of the yep. the comic you know it's just like you know, as as the artists, we can handle the um the acting. We can even handle the camera work, but we mm -hmm. really don't contribute to the cinematography much. You know, yeah, the um the the overall kind of like you know sort of colors of the piece. The colors has a lot of control, and especially when you have a a, a colors that's that's more of a renderer than a cinematographer, it just really slows things down and just hurts the uh the work overall but i think uh sure. I think you've you've really um gotten uh, a great opportunity to work with some some fantastic people that that i think don't try to go in and add three-dimensional rendering to your stuff but yeah, like, yeah really make it work compositionally yeah no for sure and that's and that's been again kind of like part of the learning curve for colorists that do that kind of like more rendering style that is like trying to bring that 3d effect it's like my work most of the time is is i'm almost thinking flats so like yeah. i'm almost thinking yeah. like you know i'm almost think, thinking cell shading like again this there's the the animation kind of like influence but it's like i'm almost thinking more cell shading than trying to make this an actual 3d object 
And the luck that I've had with Sarah and with Jean is that then because of how I'm doing inks now is they're all bringing texture with this, which is working yeah, really nicely yeah. with the texture that I'm bringing in the line work. And it blends together and it like accentuates, it accentuates both of our works. So now I've been trying to figure out another color is that I've had the, the luck to, uh, I've been lucky enough to work with uh, Matt Lopez. We've done only a few things here and there, but the way Matt works with palettes is also great. So like he does more of a flatter, like he doesn't do too much texture, at least when, when we've worked together, but his palettes are so good that then it brings out all these different qualities of the work. And, and, and I think as you, as you keep going, that's also something I'm someone who, uh, you know, I may have the, 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 the basic knowledge of how to color something, but I don't like my work gets way better when I'm working with this colorist and like it, it, uh, yeah. the result, what you see, what you see on the space on the pages is something that I could have never kind of thought about or, or, or approached in that way. So when I see someone work in that way, and then Sarah also, like with what we did in Bad Girls, that we basically tried to create this palette just for this book, that it was going to be part of like the, the Batman books. But it was like, okay, how can we make this difference? And it was just this vibrant uh, color palette that would pop out, you know, Gotham City in a, in a different way. And it's like, I, I would have never achieved that, obviously, on my own, but that's the importance. And that's, that's when you started learning or when you start understanding of, you know, that not every comic is the same, not every project is the same. It's like, you yeah. need to be yeah. surrounded also by, by, by a whole team of people who are looking at a project and figuring out, okay, this is what I bring. This is what it's going to make individual good. Mm, so yeah. I don't know. I've been really lucky and I'm very thankful and, and, and humbled by, by the colors that I've been able to work with because it, it is, it brings out like so many new things to even your work that is like, oh crap, I would have never seen that. And it's like, oh look yeah, how, yeah, yeah, how and, great and it works like, out. When, I, when I'm finished with a page, you know, particularly, um, you know, sort of in, uh, in both Thomas River and Black Panther, when I'd finish a page, yeah. you know, I'd always kind of go, man, this thing is just so flat, so tuned. <laughs> but then when you get it back from the colorist, you kind of go, well, look at me. Badass. <laughs> you, know, yeah. like, you, know, you, do, you just get that extra that extra depth. That, um, I'm glad that, that you go that way. I go, I go like, oh my god, I am nothing if it wasn't because of these colors. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's absolutely that. It's absolutely like it's 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 kind of like going back to that whole thing about working and 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 writing your own stuff and writing and drawing and stuff. You absolutely adore collaboration the process oh, yeah, of working yeah. with other people in comics because i feel like when it when you get that balance like it happened with scotty it has happened like with you know with uh jacob fox who i've worked with for like it it, it is kind of like when you have that dynamic with a writer that you're both like in sync and then you know it happens with colorists it happens with letter like nate piecos like it, it's just it, 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 it's a like what everything kind of like comes together in a way that makes the work look like something that is like i know i absolutely know that on my own never could have achieved this yeah and, and that's what that's, i love about comics that that is that is the best uh I, I think the best part of it i mean and 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 to me a lot of times it's like even even when a writer taps me on the shoulder and says 
I've got an idea for something and I hear it and I'm like, Oh my God, Ooh, I want to do that. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and, you know, even, even though you're, you're the second person in, in the shoot, then when you look back and you see what the colors has done and you see what the letterer does, and hopefully even when the designer of, of the, yes. the package, you know, yeah. gets yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what everyone's grooving on, then it's just like, it's just like a great little jam session. And you're yeah. right. The idea of looking at the work and, and being, able to say i could not have achieved this on my own this is the, yeah. the sum of this is greater than you know me personally yeah. uh, and and it, it just makes it it just makes it fun you know it just it's yeah just a, yeah really Absolutely. A, a joy that i think comics has a lot of other uh it, even with um with working with uh with tana tanahisi coats i think it surprised him when he got like the first pages you know, he would write something and I would send pages to him and he would yeah. just kind of come back and kind of go, oh man, I'm going to change the script because you've handled <laughs> this. I don't have to even do that part of the storytelling anymore. Yeah. So, um, so it was yeah. like, uh, I, I think it, it was even for someone, you know, as, as established as he is as a, as a writer, getting a chance to work in that collaborative process, I think was a, yeah. was a really big joy for him. Absolutely. Yeah, no. And, and it makes sense. It makes sense. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it, there's, yeah, there's something about like the, there's almost like a revival or a reanimation of what you just did, passing it to the next person and then they bring their own stuff and it's like, oh, you see this in a new light. And then the next person does it. And it's like, oh, you brought so much more to what was already there. And like it's just a, a, a snowball effect. Oh that, yeah, and, that, and I think again. I think to a to to a certain extent, it's a little bit easy to kind of once once you're in the industry and you you see how the sausage is made, it's yeah. a little bit easy to get like sort of jaded by just the sort of politics and everything involved. But mm -hmm. but that part of the process just makes you a fanboy, even though you're on the inside. You know, yes it's just yeah. like it's like seeing pages come in from the colors it's just like oh i'm a fanboy again you know yeah yep. and yep. it's 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 just you know sort of so excited to to see to see that script come in and you just can't wait to sit down and read through it and and then yeah. to see those colors come in to see those letters come in and to see that package put together you know getting mm -hmm. that pdf of the package it's just like, yeah, you drew it, you know, um, yeah. and you probably like was involved in a lot of the decisions that were made. But when you get that PDF of the of the finished book before it goes out to print, it's like you're looking at it for the first time. And it's yeah, just exactly. Engaging. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I love that. I, I absolutely love that part of the, the what we get to do. It just makes it fun. And, uh, and I think mm -hmm. that's that's kind of uh, one of the to me, one of the biggest joys in uh, in creating uh, comics. One one of the other things um, that I wanted to um, to ask you about, we we talked about, you know, you kind of having this slightly oddball approach into uh, into comics. How animation was a big influence uh, on your stuff. I'm also wondering, has uh, things like uh, like film and uh, and television been uh, an influence on your storytelling? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, again, the medium that I consume the most, it, it's, it's that, it's audiovisual medium, whether it's animation, whether it's, it's live action and, and any of these things, it's, that's, that's what I consume the most. Even when I'm working, I'm looking at, I'm, I'm usually watching a show, or I'm watching a movie, I'm watching something, you know, if, if my brain is not being engaged 
in a in a in a logical way in my work, then I have something on that I can you know I can look at and 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 and, and try to analyze that way because again stories stories is what I like to do. I like the storytelling part of, of, of all this. So like movies and shows and animation, all of that is almost, uh, it's a beautiful package. I think like the only thing, like I love comics as a medium. I absolutely love it. And, and, and I fell in love with it. And I, I, I love telling stories that way. There's something very engaging about it. But the only thing that I would say I would miss, I miss in comics, is just having a soundtrack. having that it's just having that music behind it because like in almost every other way we're right there like it's 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 not (laughs) it's not less it's not more but damn put a soundtrack in a in a figure out a way of putting a soundtrack in a in a comic and then it's it's the perfect experience uh, (laughs) i'm with you on that man yeah no it is so so yeah so a lot of those things and 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 i think a lot of people in comics do this even when i'm working on on either the concepts or either like you know certain scenes mostly when i'm doing pencils especially or when i'm doing thumbnails music is that thing that i also go to and i listen to i don't know if i'm doing depending on the project that i'm working on i go and i listen to this band or i listen to this soundtrack or i listen to you know uh something that is gonna is gonna get me in the rhythm that i need to be in and yeah and that's yeah. It's, 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 yeah it's really cool because uh, there's there's a lot of times where where i feel like i'm going to listen to this music and is there any way that i can transmute or translate this music into the art <laughs> is there any yep. any way i can put the way that this music feels is there any way i can describe this as part of the way that i'm drawing these panels or part of the way that i'm drawing these characters it, it kind of all comes from from that from that viewing experience of of watching you know movies tv shows animation whatever is is is, is that kind of like I, I, I see those things. I, I see how they tell their stories. I see what frames they, what framing they use, what all those other things they use. And the only thing that I'm missing that I cannot reproduce in a comic is sometimes, you know, it's not sometimes, but it is the music. And then that's what I'm listening to when I'm actually doing the, the, the working on the comic, because then it's, I'm kind of like putting it together in my head with all wow. the things that I saw. And then now I'm kind of like adding that music, even for me. And then you know, if the reader gets the pace or gets, you know, he imagines a tune that would go with this that is similar to what I had in mind, then, you know, more more of a success. Obviously, it's never going to happen, but... Because, you know, you you have your your home kind of... Uh, and and, and I, would, I would describe it not necessarily as a style, but as, as kind of a feeling that is your home base. And then mm-hmm. you just kind of bend things from, from there, like we were discussing, getting a little bit more black with the horror stuff, uh, getting a little bit more um, linear. And even um, when you do stuff like Attack on Titan, I mean, oh yeah, when you are making these leaps, is that something that you just do organically? Or is that something that you kind of like go, all right, well, let me take some time before I actually start to work and really think about how I'm, I'm going to approach this? It depends. It depends uh, on the scope of what I'm doing. So if I have a 10-page short, if I have a, a one, uh, you know, a single issue that I'm doing, sometimes I do, if I have, I've seen stuff that is like, oh, I really want to try something like this. 
then those are the stories that I usually put it into play without necessarily having to do a lot of like prep work for it. Oh, okay, like, so you're, you're kind of prototyping. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. This is, I mean, that's the moment, right? Like that's the, like, this is not a commitment that I'm making in my whole career. This is not a commitment that I'm making even in, in like a five issue series or a six issue series or whatever. This is just, let's try something new on this one. And then, and then if it works, it works if it has like something that I can take out from it and it's like you know I didn't enjoy this part but I really enjoyed this part so like that's going to be now applied to what I'm doing in a more you know continuous larger scope kind of project yeah so so that's kind of where I try to apply those things that's that's kind of where I try to to try out and and experiment a little bit for middle west definitely I before I I started in King. I already had character designs, which, you know, when, when I was doing character designs, I went through different styles, how much abstraction, how much am I pushing the cartooning in this, how much am I pushing realism, you know, all those things. So I had I had kind of like nailed down what the shape language was gonna be for characters and all this. So now it was turned to it was the turn of like the rendering. And for that I did like print a bunch of panels like on its own, on their own. And and started inking different ways. It's like, and, oh wow, you know, that's, that's that one, actually pretty cool. Yeah, so that one I did have a little. I mean, because again, because I had the time, and because it was a larger project. So like, I was yeah. okay. Let's 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 play around and see what works. Same with the me you love in the dark. The me you love in the dark. I was looking at different books that I wanted to see. You know how how different artists approach the horror and especially that kind of like slow pace horror. And I started like taking, uh, I printed panels that I had already drawn and inked them two or three times. It's like, okay, what if I use more of this? What if I use more of that? What if I that's, don't that's use- the, the really yeah. cool thing about having uh, non-destructive pencils is that you can actually sort of- Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, play, yeah for sure. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, yeah, didn't have to make any commitment. I didn't have to redraw anything. I was just like, okay, this line work, I like how this is looking and then so especially for the me you love in the dark coming right after middle west there was like a panel that i did and i was like okay so this is like what if i ink the me you love in the dark the way the same way i inked middle west and it was more of that scratchy hatch uh, thing that i was doing in middle west it was less solid blacks and i was like no it's not having the same feeling so like then i started bringing more okay what if i do uh, dry brush what if I do more like this large spaces where, where I'm doing just like laying down the black and then okay this you know like every other artist who grew up looking at McNola stuff it was like okay if I try to mimic this kind of like high contrast black and white but for my stuff again it wasn't coming off the way I wanted yeah it's so too clean. yeah it's too clean yeah exactly it was too clean it, it, it doesn't it doesn't work like I and again, Mignola was, was another one that I, I was looking at a lot because obviously the way he handles that, that carving things out of darkness was, was something that I could learn a lot from for the Me You Love in the Dark. But again, that cleanness was something that was for my style and for my way of working. It wasn't, it wasn't simply like vibing with all those things. So that's how I started bringing, okay, what if I do instead of just solid chunks of black, I just bring sponges or I splat you know, some white ink on this and that breaks apart kind of like the monotony of of the black and or or yeah or I did I did a, a part with just black ink but right next to it, even though it was supposed to be like a large black shape, shadow, whatever it was, 
I did the second or like I left a chunk that I would do with China markers. So like you would have oh, a wow. graphite almost wow. texture, but then that broke apart the monotony of the monotony. God damn it. My English is slipping. Right, uh, <laughs> the, uh, you know, the, the, the solid black, the very graphic black. So, and that was something that for, for what I was looking for, that was working way better. That, yeah, that yeah. gave almost like a lot of, it's kind of like when you, when you try to find shapes in, 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 in the shadows or when you try to find shapes in clouds, it's like, it gives enough to the reader that is like, that is not a solid shape. That is actually, yeah, there's some yeah. texture in there and I don't know what is in there. Really interesting that, that, that you say that because even, even when I was doing um, Damon for Boom. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like kind of a noir slash sort of horror kind of book and mm -hmm. um and i really felt kind of the exact same way that uh that that you did which is my first approach was well you know i know how to spot black so i will spot blacks and yeah and for some reason the page just looked dead you know the page yeah. just really looked sort of lifeless so that's when i just decided to put some texture in all the blacks and yeah it really felt like it, rather than the blacks just being a, a compositional thing that was sitting there, it felt a little bit more active, you know, and, yeah. uh, and, and I think to a certain extent, the, the, uh, you, love the, the dark. you love in the dark. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What I thought was interesting about that is you're not sure what you're looking at in the blacks. You know, yeah. you're not you're not a hundred percent sure if this is actual, especially when the um when the creature shows up, yeah. you're not a hundred percent sure if you're looking at just atmosphere, just dust, or parts of this creature, you know, so yeah. that's uh that's that's within the black, which I think just makes things it gives things that like extra layer of uh of of creepiness. Yeah, no, and, for again, sure. it's not necessary, but when it's there, it adds a little something to it. Exactly. Yeah, no, and that was the thing. I, I, especially at the beginning when we were like, okay, how much are we showing of this creature? So I ended up doing a lot of things that were like, I'm basically drawing, and again, I threshold all of my inks. Like, I, I, I don't do uh, any kind of like grayscale or anything. It's, it's, it's all threshold. Oh, wow. Um, I, I do, I like the crispiness of like that threshold, uh, situ like threshold inks. So, oh, yeah. And your I, colorist will thank you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's another thing. Like they have already many reasons to hate me. So I cannot <laughs> keep giving them more. Uh, so, but no, that was, that was the thing. It was like, oh, okay. How can I play with something that is going to be threshold, but I still want to play with almost like different shades of. Of, of black or different level like different yeah gradations when, when i'm not gonna have a gray but how can i play with that and a lot of that was you know using using different different utensils and supplies basically it gave that mystery it gave that mystery because i was most most of the time i could like basically i would the the entity the creature and then with with just straight up black ink with just like a, a brush and then just dry brush kind of like the silhouette but then i would go over it and i would use this shiner marker and then you know draw a shadow under like on top of that where like the figure already starts losing sharpness obviously because again it's just it's a it's a different shade of black on top of another one and then i would take a sponge and you know soak it with black ink and then also black you know uh, uh, sorry oh, wow. a sponge a sponge wow. around it and then by the time that you threshold that thing you barely get almost a lighter shadow behind a solid object, but it's still all in capsule and shadow. So like, it was a lot of fun to play that way 
with the inks in that book and and then john you know just just came in with the colors and accentuated all that and then helped with you know even even added more you know false leads to to the reader of like should i be looking at here like over here or what is that shadow over there and and he's just great with, with when it comes to like a more naturalistic approach to lightning lighting and stuff like that mm, so yeah. it was it was just yeah it was just it was just really fun to work that way one of the things that um that john would do on on your work which i thought was really cool is there's a lot of times where he would just to a certain extent, just step out of the way and just let the line art run. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Where, where like you just see these like big open swatches of like barely color in there. But then other times he would just jump in and saturate the hell out of it. Um, yeah, no, that, for sure. That back and forth was, uh, was, was really, really captured that sense of atmosphere. Yeah, no, my favorite parts were like every time that you would have uh, candles lighting the place and and I would barely insinuate where the candles were and he would go with it and just make this beautiful contrast between the warm tones of the of the flame and then the cold tones for the shadows and and how that helped you know obviously guide the the eye but also set that mood that is like what what is hiding behind that glare like that glow of the of the candle which is not a a big one basically like it's, it's it's only a few a few inches at, like so oh yeah 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 and, yeah, and it was the, it was really fun yeah and the blue the blue and orange contrast that he would always you know work with that yeah just yeah just absolutely you know sort of just really gorgeous and uh and and i mean you know the, the nice thing about it is is it wouldn't feel like a comic i mean when when you see that it feels like you're looking at animation or it feels like you're looking at film which i which yeah. i think is just just really solid yeah but, um but dude you know i mean when i'm talking shop i can go all night <laughs> <laughs> and, save here and, say absolutely say yeah. yeah yeah but uh but like um i i think i think we should probably uh you know sort of wrap things up you know sort of maybe uh we've uh we've put kevin and sean to sleep with so much i'm up i'm uh, up oh, yeah no Stop talk <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, Kevin is on his second avocado water right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, we drove him to that. Yeah, but dude, yeah. you're doing some some brilliant stuff. I am like, you know, sort of excited by um what I've seen from you. And I'm like really excited about the stuff that you're uh, that you're gonna do uh moving forward. I think uh, oh. I think you're a real true storyteller and uh and and the work is just absolutely wonderful. That means a lot, like, <laughs> you have no idea. The most amazing thing about working in comics right now is that I was in a different part of the continent. I was in a different country. I knew all these names, and I, got, I was following work from all these people, and you were definitely one of those. And it's insane how, like, in, you know, it's, it's kind of what I love about the comic community is that in, in I want to say 10 years or maybe less, but then I started talking with people like you that I was like, holy crap, never in a million years, I would have thought that this was going to be a, a, a situation that I would find myself in. And, you know, just hearing you say that means, means the world to me because all of what I do right now was shaped by following you guys and following what you posted back in the day or the books that I could get or you know just finding some weird deviant art account <laughs> so it means the world and it, it's it's really an honor to to be able to just talk shop with you 
Oh man, well I, I totally appreciate it, but dude, it it, it is an Olympic torch that you know, <laughs> Walt Simonson, Jim Steranko, and so many others, you know, sort of have have passed on to me, and I'm just you know sort of simply you know sort of passing it further down the line. <laughs> you know, this is these are the moments that I love working in this industry. Oh, dude, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> and uh, and and that's that's the coolest thing is we all speak the same language. And mm -hmm. we all come to each other to learn more vocabulary, you know. But Indeed. we're all we're all to a certain extent just all speaking that same uh, language of comics. And uh, and I think the more and more we learn individually, the the greater and greater the stories that we're capable of telling. And uh, and and when I see people who are interested in in storytelling and not not just drawing pretty pictures. Um, but but actual storytelling, actual experience crafting, uh, that's that's the thing that gets me excited. And those those are the folks that that I always want to talk to. And those are definitely the folks that we invite uh, onto the show to talk to them. No, I'm gonna get emotional. So like, let's just let's just leave it here. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, it was it was great talking to you, and uh, and definitely, you know, next time we're at a show, man, definitely wanna wanna For hang sure. out, carry carry the co uh, conversation uh, even further. Um, For sure, we'll we'll drink some papillon. It'll be great. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, thank you so very much for that rollicking ride with Mr. Jorge Corona. He is currently doing covers for Batgirls, and he has something around the corner he can't quite talk about. But more importantly, as Kevin mentioned, he's also doing the variant covers for 12 Gage's own comic, Plush. Yes, coming out from Image Comics, of course. Of course. Uh, do we want to talk about our next guest? You set this one up, and you should definitely do the intro. Okay, I, I will say this much. He is an incredibly talented storyteller, actor, and all-around great guy. I've known him for a little bit, but let's just leave it at that because it's a special surprise. Yeah, it is a big one. Yeah, so let's uh, let's just keep everybody hanging. It's cool. Like I think we've had we've had uh, directors, we've had musicians, and um, yeah, getting an, a now an actor slash storyteller. All right, everybody, have a fabulous night. See you next time. <laughs>